Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Hello and welcome on to the Wise Men Say preview so e- easy for me to say apparently or not uh, on Sun FM um, no Stephen tonight that's why you've got me mumbling along um, trying to do talking on the radio um, but hopefully we've got some people with me who are going to be better at it um, we've got Graham Anderson um, formerly of the Sunderland Echo amongst other things but mainly that I'm sure he knows, needs no introduction thank you Gareth well, thanks for introducing me anyway and um We've got Martin Scott as well, uh, former Sunderland left-back, um, during probably one of the most successful periods in the, in the club's recent history, mm-hmm. so we'll have somebody who can talk about nice things. We can also talk about his time under Mick Buxton, I guess, as well, which wasn't as great, I guess, from a, on the pitch <laughs> perspective. Um, I'm sure he's got pleasant things to say about him since he signed him for Sunderland. Um, so, yeah, it's, there's not a lot to be happy about is the mo- at, at, at the moment. Well, not for Martin, he's got his foot in the, foot in the <laughs> yeah, boot yeah. as we're speaking here. A boot yeah, what, have you what, have, what did you do? Well, this is this is 20 years after the after the game at Lincoln away in the FA Cup. Just 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 end of, well, sorry, I think it was the 3rd of January. Mm-hmm. And I, I sort of broke my left leg and had to have a reconstruction of the left ankle. And it's it's lasted 20 years. Obviously, I've done a lot of coaching and different things since then and it just got to a stage where I just literally couldn't put any weight on it too much pain so back into the into theatre reconstruction uh, plaster for two and a half weeks and now in a in what they call a moon boot which is actually the equivalent of a Kevin Ball <laughs> match boot <laughs> 20 years ago so uh, no so it's hey these things happen I've just got to get on with it and I've just turned 50 so I think I've, well, I've been told many times I'm getting I'm getting a bit old well you hear a few stories like about that and it just goes to show doesn't it the, the toll it takes to play at the top level you know the the um, training every day the amount of injuries players get and then later in the later in the later years after the career is finished the amount of bother you have of people saying you know strolling to walk around and well, Borley had, a, had a tr- uh, an unbelievable sort of um, reconstruction of his knee didn't he it was really major stuff um, and, I, and I, I bumped into um I went. I interviewed Martin recently for a book, and I interviewed Stefan Schwartz for a book down in London. And when I met him in a hotel um, lobby area, he came hobbling over to me um, like an, an old man, uh, and he'd been playing in a, a, a football game the, other, the previous day. So I thought it was from that, and I said, "Oh, so I was Stefan, did the game take its toll on you?" He went, "No, this is how I walk these days." Yeah, I'm sure I read somewhere Kevin Phillips as well was saying basically just his angles and yeah. bits. Every I think day when you when you're playing, you you don't think of what's What's round the corner? You just you just sort of try and play as many games. Well, back then you did play as many games as you possibly can. Obviously, the more games you played, then more appearance money, more bonus, uh, which made you made your salary up. But I think yeah, well, we all know the games change massively, and players realistically these days don't have to play football on a Saturday or a Tuesday to to earn the money or uh, at all. 
or at all. In exactly, case of Jack exactly, Manuel. exactly. But uh, so it's all the game's changed, and like I say, I'm, I'm I've got to a stage now where. I'm struggling, so you <laughs> just got to crack on. When, when I first started covering football for the Echo, I remember I was t- told the two biggest misconceptions people have about footballs, footballers and football teams is one is that they all like each other, because uh, it's generally rarely the case, and the second misconception is that they're all fit. Um, and that's from Martin will tell you that the amount of times footballers in those days, anyway, used to take the field and they were not fully fit and of course fans turn up at the game and the assumption is all the teams getting on well together and they all like each other and they're a proper <coughs> team sometimes they are some, a lot of times they aren't and the other side of things is that everyone out there is 100% fit and it's very rare that that's the case I mean on the point around you know difficult times at, at football clubs and a team getting on and pulling themselves out of something obviously Mick Buxton signed yep. you for Sunderland and it didn't go too well and mm. obviously Peter Reid came in the end of that season and with eight games to go Sunderland got out of it yep. so what I mean what was the comparatively obviously well, the with a similar situation the, yeah, I mean, exactly. what, what, the, what was the atmosphere like in the dressing room at that time and what was the catalyst that, that changed it mm. well obviously when you're, when you're a new player I think you can see things a lot clearer and, and when I first came on board uh, training at the Charlie Early Centre the team was struggling, and you could you could smell that in the dressing room. You could sense it. Certain players, a lot of the younger players, and, and certainly some of the senior players were were not playing. So a bit disillusioned with what Mick was doing and the, the team selections. Bringing new players in, I obviously came in, and Steve Steve Agnew came in just after that. Uh, and like I say, not not playing well realistically, and, and near the bottom end of the, of the championship. Uh, results didn't go again, and like I said before, you know it. Mick had gone and, and, and Peter Reid came on board and he he, he revitalised it he obviously brought Bobby Saxton on board who was a, a great character but it was literally as a squad we sat down and, and Kevin Ball was, was instrumental in all this of, of saying look no matter where you are what length of contract you've got uh, let's all stick together for eight games whether you like the club or dislike the club Let's all, let's make sure we're, we're a championship football club. Come come what may, and, and we had that open and honest discussion in the dressing room. A few fingers were pointed, and, and and it was it brought us together. In all fairness, and obviously Peter Reid came on board, changed a few things, got the lads together and buzzing, and 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 the rest is history. From from struggling that season to actually winning the championship the following season was a was a ma- virtually the same players, and and it just shows you how such a good job. Uh, really did and obviously Sacco and his staff but the players also because we really we, we created a real bond a team spirit and, and we built on that and obviously I think like you say the Peter Reid years was built on the first two or three weeks of, of when he first came in and you said that as well around that team not only survived relegation and then the pretty much the same team got promoted well won the won the league and then pretty much the same team next mm. season yep Stayed up. Well, went down with with the record high points, 40, wasn't it? Forty one, I think it was. 40, 40, 40, Forty points, points wasn't it? Yeah, which I is them all. which is unbelievable <laughs> at the moment. Like, say, if you look at that yeah. now, uh, but to get relegated, like, say, Wimbledon away last game uh, was a, a really, really tough, tough day yeah. for everyone. Uh, that was relieved. my first away game. That was. Could've it wasn't. A it wasn't a classic. <laughs> I must admit, it wasn't a classic. Uh, game, but wasn't it? it was. But like, I say, it was a real. A real tough, 
tough for everyone to concern because we we obviously were going through the sort of premier passions and going in towards the the new stadium. We the plans were all in place and and we wanted to go to the new stadium in the Premiership. It didn't happen that way. Uh, but anyway, like I say, we 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 kicked on from then and and obviously them them years of me. Obviously, I was involved with the club at ninety four to two thousand two thousand and one with some fantastic occasions and and, and a great uh, great time to to watch the football. I think it's sorry, there's an interesting point we made with regards about the uh, the original point, and I think it's it's probably relevant to the current team as well. Is that it's almost too simplistic to say Reedy came in and changed everything. It tends to look that way at the outside world, and there's a, there's a lot to it because it all coincided with that. But if you go out to the nineteen seventy three players they'll say something similar as well. It was all about Bob Stoker coming in and he was the messiah and he changed everything. What they point out is actually we had a pretty good team before these people arrived. They just they, they helped galvanise it, but actually there was a, a good team there and and in Bob Stoker's case, the argument from the likes of Dennis Stewart is he just he came in and he, let, he took the shackles off that had been there from Alan Brown and it just led to its own momentum rather than anything magic that that Bob didn't necessarily with Reedy Reedy changed things around the whole new kind of ethos and, and mood about the place but in the weeks beforehand the players had got together and said look we're going to do this for ourselves as well um, so a manager can do an awful lot can can change the mood completely but the players have got to do it and I think there's a similar thing at the moment happening with Sunderland where Chris Coleman's come in the manager everybody respects and he's doing his absolute best but Ultimately, it'll come down to the quality and the form of the players he's got going for him. With with Reedy and with with uh, Bob uh, Stoke, or clearly those teams were good enough to stay up, and they helped them push them on. The question we would ask in the current climate is: We know Chris Coleman's a good manager; he could have the same effect as Reedy, he could have the same effect as Bob Stoke, or but it'll come down to the players in the end whether they're good enough, simply good enough. I mean, you l- parallels again. You look at that situation and. Obviously, Martin Smith came into the team around that time, didn't he? Prominently at the end of that season, he got a lot of goals. Mm. Re- I remember the Swindon game, I remember where we yep. beat him one nil. He scored a great volley. Like yep. that's a vivid mm. memory, you know. And and I think he was a bit of a a catalyst at that time. And when we got promoted, obviously the following season, Michael Bridges came yep. in. Yep. At the moment, at Sunderland, we're seeing a lot of young players coming into the team. Um, some of them are ours, some of them are obviously on, on loan, like uh, Majari who's come in from Liverpool, Browning, Jay Clark, Salter, people like that. It's almost through consequence rather than choice mm-hmm. this time with the injuries and everything. Have you seen anything, either of you, um, so far from the young players who've come in that says, yeah, that that person could well be the catalyst for survival this time around? I like, I, I like the young players, I, I've got to admit, I've seen seen quite a lot of them. Uh, I just think it's a massive ask to mm. have that many of them in the team at the same time. Uh, you're certainly looking for your senior players, and 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 I've worked closely with Ethan Robson, who's who's done fantastically well uh, in my eyes because I know him. I know him personally. And I've coached him. Probably two years too late for me. He should have been knocking on the door two years ago. But the circumstances within the club, different managers. I think he's had f- for a young lad who's 2021. 20, He's had four or five different managers since he's been at the club at 16, and he's he's worked up to first team level, training on a regular basis, and then a new manager comes on board, goes back to the 23s, never to be seen again until a new manager comes on again. So full credit to Coleman, he's 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 give the lads a chance, and I think I think the the players are are producing it, and they have produced some good performance against Hull certainly, 
I think to ask them to do it week in, week out for the next 16 games is going to be a tough ask. But you haven't got the senior players who are actually standing up and be counted at the moment. Well, that, that, that's definitely the, the... If you look at a game like Birmingham, which is, the, I would say, is a, a prime example of this situation where, to be fair, in that game, I thought Corney did battle physically with, with the, their attackers and things like that. But, you know... It, it just seems a bit unfair obviously you've got to scrutinise the young players on, on the basis of performance on the pitch and they're there to be criticised for performance as well as praised I mean they play men's football they're going to be judged as such even though there are caveats you know how frustrating is it if you're in a team who are letting opposition players bully you and, and you're maybe up for it going you know I need a bit of help here I can't do it all on my own you know, is there any way that Chris Coleman can change that mentality, or is, is it all going to be on the players to to muck in and, and, ch and change that? The players are going to do it. It's simple, and each each individual player, they're all, as I said before, uh, going back to Peter Reid's uh, arrival. Everyone was in a different situation, whether you were out of contract, in contract, like the manager, dislike the manager. Uh, for your own sake and for your own careers. It was better that Sunderland Football Club stayed in the Championship, and it's exactly the same situation. We need to stay up this year. However we do it, we need to finish fourth bottom, and 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 I think it's going to be really really tough. Sixteen yeah. games to go, uh, and I've looked at obviously the the league last last season, and I think it was Blackburn went down on fifty one. I was involved at Barnsley a few years ago where we we needed a point last game of the season if Crystal Palace beat Peterborough, which they did. Was Huddersfield drew? Uh, I think the keeper held the ball for 20 minutes, <laughs> the last 20 minutes. So Huddersfield and Barnsley stayed up. Peterborough got relegated on 54. So if you look at where Sunderland are at the moment on 25, that is a a big number of points to to, to sort of get between now and uh, end of the season. So it's going to be a real, real tough, tough ask. I like Chris Coleman. I think he's come on board. I think he's he, he speaks well. I think the fans have took to him. I think they see. The situation is in uh, a really tough situation. You've got senior players, and and, and it's it's well publicised. Senior players earning big, big money, and actually not earning that money. Uh, I don't blame the players personally for earning that amount of money. I blame the players for not having the passion, the desire, the dedication, the attitude to actually play football. That's what I blame them senior players for. Okay, but I do not blame the players for earning sixty, seventy, eighty thousand pounds because someone at the club. Has sanctioned it mm -hmm. and has, has, has agreed to it. And, and ask any footballer if you get told you're getting that much and you're happy with it, you'll sign it. So you can't blame the players for that. But what I can, and as an ex footballer, I, I find it disgusting that they can earn that amount of money and not have a desire or self pride to say, Tell you what, I want to play football and I want to, I want to do well. And that's why you see your top, top, top players, they'd play for nothing. And they love playing, and the winners. Okay, and you go back to the old Man United teams. Okay, the 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 the, the Beckhams and the Nevilles. Okay, and the Giggs and the Skulls and the Butts. They were desperate to play football week in, week out, and they were wealthy boys. Okay, but they wanted to win it and train every day and do the right things. And I think someone at the moment, I'm sorry, the recruitment of the players that they've had over the years, over the last ten years, has not been good enough. And there's not been not been enough work gone in, okay, on the backgrounds and characters of these players, and that's where we are at this moment in time. 
I'd agree with that, and also I, I think that uh, it brings up an interesting question, which is um, the role of Martin Bain in all this. I mean, David Moyes is now gone, and Martin Bain talks terrifically well, um, and and looks looks the part. Um, but uh, some of the deals that he's been involved with, uh, you know, you can't you've got to look at those as well. The fact is, is that Martin points out ten years has been going on this mismanagement. And if Ellis Short is guilty of, of something, uh, probably guilty of a few things the fans will think, but the main thing is not to oversee where this money's gone and how it's been wasted and so much is... I mean, it's just... People will accuse him of not putting his money in, but so much of the money, a colossal amount of money, has been wasted. Uh, I, and it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. That's, that's the worrying thing is. And Martin Baines come in. We know he's, he's got rid of loads of staff. We know we know he's done... You know, I think the phrase within the, within the club's corridors was Martin's vision. It was all these changes were not when the all the sackings were going on and the staff it was about martin's vision of change well it's not working at this moment in time my worry for someone at the moment is unlike martin's team that i covered there were a lot of, of senior pros in that side um yeah yes people remember bridges and and, and martin smith and craig russell some of the young kids coming through but the hardcore of the team were a lot of senior players who stood up and took responsibility because they could do they weren't kids i think too much has been asked of the i mean you, when you look at the the kids are helping each other, egging each other on. They're helping each other in the Sunderland side, but I think there's just too many of them. Um, and I, I don't blame Chris Coleman for putting them in. I think when he's seen so many of the of the pros who are either have left the club or didn't want to be at the club, as Martin mentioned previously, you know if you put the kids in, they'll give absolutely everything. They'll be desperate to play, and Chris Coleman will be looking for players who are desperate to play. But it reflects badly on some of the senior players uh, either who didn't want to stay or who haven't performed as well as they should do. And if you look at, say, someone like... But the crying out for creativity and, and skill and talent that some of them haven't got. But someone like Kazri, for example, uh, I think he'd have... I can't say the word. What's the word? It cost this division. Yeah. He'd, I think he'd have really been a star and he'd have created things. There's a few well, players as well, I guess, if they yeah. fancied it. Yeah, yeah, there's a few players who didn't want... who wanted to be away. And then the player who di- players who did stay, I think... Corner hasn't just hasn't done it. He should be a monster in this yeah. division, and I think he's 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 done all right. He should be doing better than all right. He should be absolutely outstanding given his attributes. Um, I cut them all. I lightly cut them all a lot, but he's had a disappointing season so far. I actually think that maybe sort of the young players will bring out the best in him because he's he'd like to lead them on. But there's no doubt that some have got real real problems this season staying up compared even to the, the time when Martin was there. I was at the uh, talking at the chairman. Ellie Short uh, did at the Roker Hotel uh, in relation to Sunderland schools football and it was the first one he's ever done apparently I was really impressed with him on the night I thought it was a real real open honest discussion and there was only three or four hundred people there and he actually got a standing ovation because he was he was he took the blame himself uh, he blamed himself for trusting key people in key positions and, and he openly admitted that they let him down and, and, and he regrets that. Uh, spent a lot of money, backed him massively, invested massively, uh, and like I said, the key people he brought in on the recruitment side, chief execs, uh, of directors of football, directors of football, have massively, massively shortchanged him. Uh, he trusted him, and, and and they didn't deliver what they what they said. Uh, so I feel for him on that. Uh, but Keeps bringing them in. <laughs> it's not, it's not just one or two, is it? It's five, six, it seven, eight, mud, nine, mud, mud doesn't. What annoys me is mud doesn't stick to these people. Do you know what I mean? I mean, sort of uh, Roberto Fanti, director of football, who came in 
Well, De Canio has another job since he left us. Well, no, I'm thinking about the directors of football. You look at Robert, Robert Defante, uh, Lee Congleton, and maybe in this case, Martin Main, sort of like the chief executive. You, you can look at the chief executives and the um, and the directors of football. These people have made a fortune as well. You know, there doesn't seem to be a price for failure. Uh, I think as well, when 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 it, when when it all goes wrong, these people kind of move on to different jobs half the time and and leave. Well, we still be paying off the managers that we've sacked, no doubt, and and and, and the players as well. Honestly, yeah, I mean, when, you, when you look at some of the money that's spent, that has been spent. I mean, I, I mean, Sunderland didn't skimp on the wages for a lot of these players, yeah. you know. They, and so it's some of the money that's been wasted on the transfer side of things. I mean, and if, if, even if you take a case of say Didier and Dong, mm. that's just one case. I don't want to. Pick on him up because there's been lots. There's been worse players than Didier and Dong, but 15 million quid for well, Didier and Dong, and the wages you had at the factory. These things in, but then, if, then, then that's if we even paid that much money. 13, I think it was quarters and the suggestions that we didn't pay anywhere near that initially up front. Same for Gillibodji, only I think it was eight, but it, the suggestion yeah. was we'd only pay them one. Yeah. Well, if we we're still paying them now, probably why is it is it Dijon? I think he's at. Yeah. Yeah, it's a matter of degree, though, isn't it? I mean, sort of like if, even if I could have that sentence all over again, saying did he did on thirteen million? Yeah. You know, honestly, these players weren't worth anywhere near that sort of money, you know. And and, and it's unfair to pick out one, but he's the one which kind of screams at me because that was record signing fifteen million quid for Didier and Don, or even thirteen million, eight million pound for Gilles Bodji, are you sure? And the mo- and also the wages that was another thing that tends to get overlooked. People look at the transfer fees, but the wages. You know, I mean, especially for a working man looking at that and thinking someone's on fifty. Jack Rodwell. I mean, honestly, if you started, you could start tumbling these names up. But Jack Rodwell, ten yeah. million. I'll never forget. I was, I was at a, I was at a game at, when they were in the Premiership, and it was towards the end, and the the players on the pitch were just fighting as best they could, and 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 I was a guest in one of the one of the uh, the lounges, and at half time, I just sort of cheese and biscuits, and I just stood up and I glanced outside. I was about three minutes into the second half, 48 minutes had gone. I looked down and uh, Rodwell was leaving the ground. He was walking out the stadium at 48 minutes. He got in his car, his wife followed him, got in his car and drove off. And this is a lad who was earning that amount of money. His teammates were out fighting. I, I don't know which game it was, they ended up losing. Uh, fighting for their lives, they obviously got, got, they got relegated in the end. But one of your senior players couldn't be even bothered to sit in the stand and watch his own teammates okay, play football, where he should be earning his living. He got in his car and drove wherever he drove, but it, that for me sums that place up at this moment in time and, and sums them sort of players up. Uh, no loyalty, none whatsoever, uh, no passion for the club and literally just are just picking a salary up. I think at the moment Chris Coleman's definitely working towards trying to address that problem. Um, you know, buying players for big fees and big wages brings, in modern football, brings the problems you're talking about, though, because that's how that's how you get the the better players to the club. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how Chris can shape a team if he's given the time and he wants to do it. I think he will be given the time because I think he, you know, he's probably the best thing about the club at the moment. Also, I like. I think he's a. I really think. The way he talks in the press, the way he's dealt with certain situations, uh, I think he's, he's a tough character. He's obviously been a top top player. Uh, got, he's got good staff around him. He's got good knowledge. Uh, I know obviously Kevin Ball, who's a close friend of mine, speaks really highly of him. He's obviously played football in the same team as him at, at Fulham. 
uh, he, I think he finds it hard because he's been a real passionate player, Chris Coleman and Kevin Ball, uh, to, to, to understand what these players are doing and, 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 and the, the attitude that they take towards playing or not playing. And it's quite hard when you're old school, as we all are, to understand what the what the what the, what the sort of the players of today do, uh, because we, like I said, if I didn't play 45 games a season, I saw it as a, a really poor, poor season for myself. Uh, but some players are just happy to be sat on the on the bench or even sat in the stand just to pick the money up. I've suddenly realised I've been sending negative for the first half of the show, and every time I come, every time I come on here, I always get accused of being negative. So I'm going to try and. Not I'm not, I don't really understand how you can talk. Say what we've been I doing. Know, the last couple of years, can I? So we've been doing uh, this show since March 2013. So. Not many laughs on the way. Then we've really. done about 300 episodes probably. <laughs> And we've had probably about 10 home so wins to highlights? talk about. What's the highlights? I'll tell you what, we're, we're undefeated against Newcastle. <laughs> there you go. Since we started. Get in there. So Are you claiming credit for that? Yes. Fair enough. Absolutely. Mm. Can um, I do something? I mean, we've, had, we've had how many managers, how many players, and we're the only consistency through the whole That's thing, true. through the whole run. Mind you, so. I packed in the Echo World three years ago, and you were doing all right when I left. What have you been playing at? Well, nah, well <laughs> I don't think we were doing all right, were we? No, well, <laughs> compared compared to now, definitely. Yeah. Compared yeah. to now, definitely. Well, it was it was a, you know a slow. Dec- I think we always thought you know we're clinging on to the Premier League by our fingernails, and then well, we I go think... we go, and then people are like, well, you know, you rationalise it, don't you? you? Go well, hopefully we'll get down there, rebuild, yeah. probably win a few games. Yeah. It's been as bad. It's probably it's. I said the after the the Ipswich game, it's just exactly like it's exactly like last season, but we're getting beaten by worse teams, yeah. and 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 it's. It's demoralising, and now we're staring the third division. So in, how many how many games then do you, do you think out of sixteen that we need to win? Out of sixteen, yeah, I would say eight. And did, I would target can eight. You honestly, can you honestly see us winning eight games? I can't I see us winning I, I two think, games I think at the moment. That, I think for that to happen, and it's, I think this is the only way I, I see a change in is that someone has to play above themselves one or two players have to have a, a, the form of the life in these next few weeks and I look at say for example Lewis Graben who scored a stack of goals yeah. for Sunderland that was an anomaly when you look at his career he never scored that many goals anywhere but he, 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 I think he had one season at Bournemouth where he got 25 yeah, yeah but like, he, over his career generally that doesn't happen he'll have a, he, had a, he had a purple the patch then and he had a purple patch here and what Sunderland need is Need one of these young lads suddenly to sort of have a burst of form, or the keeper they've brought yeah. in to, to have an outstanding run and make half of it. Doesn't well, if he's got a pair of hands, games. that would be a start. But he started. Obviously, <laughs> I wasn't at the game. Like that? I wasn't yeah. at the game Saturday, but obviously, I have loads of friends and stuff who were massive Sunderland fans. And apparently, the first twenty minutes, they're the better team. Had a, had a fantastic chance to score. Yeah. Okay, but when you when you're struggling, a chance like that that you don't take, it misses the goal. You. That can actually sometimes have a real negative negative effect when you actually start the game quite bright. Obviously, Ipswich score before you know it, the second sucker punch at just before half time. There's no coming back from that. Not with a team that's lacking confidence, lacking belief, uh, and 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 that's where where your problems arise. But uh, it's going to be a real fight. We know that. We, we know that. And like I say, nothing. It's going to be tough because I think is it what top six or something we need to play. We've got six of this top seven, I think, to play. Starting um, sadly at Bristol City. So we obviously City. got Bristol City, um, but you know it means we've got what ten of the bottom seventeen. Well, long, long, <laughs> long, longer term, I think they've got the, they've got the right guy 
in charge. I like I, I agree with Martin about uh, Chris Coleman. I think they need to give him a long contract, and if they go down, if they go down again, even just just keep him. Just I think he's a good. He's, he's, there's nothing wrong with him as a manager. So they've got to stand by him. And I think the the way that Sunderland revive is they have to go back to basics. I think if he, if I think regardless of what happens in the summer, it'll change everything around. I think all those players that he doesn't like, he'll want rid of, uh, and they just have to go back to basics. But I would keep my fingers crossed. The Sunderland stay in the championship this season. I mean, you might you're easy to teams to beat next season. That can generate momentum. Happened last time Sunderland went down in the third division. Mm-hmm. And Sunderland are too big for the third division. We've been there before. Let's be honest. Obviously not Once. before my time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but sometimes you have to you have to do that and and and, and to restock and and get things in place, get the right people in place. Uh, but we, and, I thought that was going to happen this season. It hasn't happened. So. No. No, but I think what you'll bear in mind in that as well, though, is that last se- last season, Sunderland basically had two players. Very, very harsh to say that, and they sold both those in the summer. They had someone who scored goals and someone who stopped goals going in, and that's been the difference this season. They lost those two top quality Premier League quality players, haven't replaced them, and they've had some of the better players leave as well. So, right was on the wall. Sometimes it can happen to a club where, and I thought it's going to happen to Newcastle last season, even, and, it, and I, I can still get stick from Newcastle fans for having said so on Twitter but you can easily go down and it's such a shock to the system that morale collapses and you can go down again it can happen it's happened many times didn't happen in Newcastle last season well they had 60 million to spend so that made a difference I mean everyone talked about the miracle that was Rafa but yeah. it actually sort of 50 60, or 60 million yeah. does tend to help you squad players um, and, 60 million and to be fair to Simon Grayson and I was never a fan of Simon Grayson as a manager he didn't exactly have much room for manoeuvre in terms of the money he got in and Chris Coleman hasn't had room for manoeuvre this time around either so it's asking an awful lot of him what we're going to do have a very very swift break and then uh, we'll, we'll have a chat about atmosphere in the stadium because that's something to get your take on particular Martin okay. um, you know if we'd go down League 1 I wonder if in, or Division 3 if you League want to call one. it League I won- 1 I wonder, yeah, I wonder if in modern times there'll have been a near 50,000 seater arena um, in that division We've that's what? a cheery thought to that uh, have a break I mean, it would have been back in the day, obviously, when you had the you know massive stadiums and terraces, and Sunderland was probably down to about thirty-five, probably at Roker Park. Was it was the Roker end still big? Like the, it, yes, was, it was in, the, it, in its it was, final uh, stage yeah, before the, the lock, the top off. Um, yeah, but I mean, sort of like, uh, the Coventry, Coventry City Stadium, the Recall, it's a fantastic 30. little stadium. That you know, if you've ever been to it before, it's really, really impressive. And obviously, uh, Man City were in there. The stadiums are fantastic, aren't they? When they're, when they're full, yeah, and it's an absolute nightmare when it's all full. We'll, <laughs> we'll have a little chat about that uh, when we come back in a second. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. So the atmosphere at the stadium, it's a big, it's a hot topic at the moment. Mm-hmm. Variety of different opinions on different aspects of it from um, protests, demonstrations, um, atmosphere generation, and then you've got the actual reality of the situation, which is a lot of Sunderland fans have um, got fed up and not abandoned the club at all, um, but they've decided that they just can't do it anymore um, and, and stop going. Um, now, obviously, under under Mick Buxton, we're probably getting 12, 13, and then obviously when Reedy came in it I remember going to the first game with Peter Reed it was full, you know, yeah, pretty yeah, much yeah. nineteen, twenty thousand. Yeah. Um situation now obviously you played at the stadium of light when it first opened mm. and there was a bit of an attendance dip actually after that first game because I remember being in the ground there was probably only a, the what the, it wasn't anywhere near full. Obviously mm. we didn't have the the bit behind the goal then. That's right, yeah. Um but obviously, as a stadium, as the, the people fill the stadium, as the results got better, and then when we slaughtered the league in ninety eight, ninety nine, it was mm. bouncing every week because we were yeah. beating each team four, five, four, six nil every week. So you know, it's it's easy then, you know. But what what difference does it make when you're in that tough situation, like under Mick Buxton, and you're playing? In a stadium where there's eleven, twelve, thirteen thousand mm. irritated, and obviously this was this is parallels as well, obviously because this was coming on the back of uh, obviously the butcher era and stuff yeah. like that, which obviously we nearly went down, um, things like that. So yeah. there, there are parallels there. You, you, could, you can, as a player, you can you can you can sense it, and certainly when you come out for the warm up, you can sense the atmosphere, you can sense the crowd. Uh, but I'm I'm a big believer that it's up to the players to 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 to, to get the crowd going. And 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 there's nothing. The Sunderland fans are good fans. I'm telling you now. Okay, they are they are passionate about the team. The knowledge is very very good. Okay, and they don't want a lot. All they ask is someone actually gives give them hundred percent. And I I I don't think that's a lot to ask of any player. And 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 like I said, but you can sense the atmosphere in the warm up, whether it's at Roker Park or or the stadium. Uh, but once that once that whistle's blown, uh, I think it's up to the players and and and, and to to set the tempo, to, to pressurise the opposition, to win the fifty fifty tackles in that first five ten minutes, and and that the second loudest cheer in any stadium is a fifty fifty challenge, a tackle, Ball. after after a goal. So let's be honest, we had Kevin Ball. Yeah. We, we used to we used he used to nail it all the time, and 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 we we, we used to talk. Before every game, me and Kev, if the game didn't start well in the first two or three minutes, either he had to go at me or I had to go at him. We knew what was happening, but that just sent a, sent a shiver through the team. Uh, or he'd ever go at Audi or Andy Melville, wherever it was, okay, and everybody just turned and saw Bowley having a go at us, and it just lifted the full team. Mm. Now we're looking for characters in the team. Where is the character in that team? Okay, we're asking young kids, okay, to actually set the tempo. To raise raise the tempo to, to to put the tackles in. Uh, you can't do heavy well, block tackle now, though, can you? you get well, games changed. Off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but you, you you can. 
the crowd aren't the crowd aren't daft. They they know when a player's up for it. They know when a player's hungry. They know when a player pressurises a, a fullback or a or a centre half with some real real aggression. Okay, uh, and aggression is not just about kicking people here. Okay, you can be aggressive with your passing, aggressive with your, with, with your finishing or your crossing or your closing down. I think if if the team just shows a real work ethic, and I think that'll generate a better atmosphere than, than, than what's been shown over recent weeks. I think that's where Lee Catmull has a role, has a role to play. I mean, I, I'm not suggesting he's poorly marked too, but he is a player that they look up to. Combative, isn't he? He, he is, and, yeah. I, and I'd like to sort of see him try and be inspired by the young players and try and inspire the young players because I think uh, I think he is passionate about the club still, Lee Catmull, and um, he's had a difficult few years but if you're looking for someone to suddenly raise the game he's the sort of person who could make a difference I think as a, a supporter who you know I've had a season ticket since the stadium opened you know um, and obviously seen the best atmospheres and actually the attendance has dipped at times I met under Mick McCarthy when we started that season after the uh, after the 19 point season uh, sorry 20, 20 point season was it 19 Honest with you, some the nineteen point season. Team me, we haven't got nineteen and the fifteen. Yeah, so the nineteen point season. So, so we've actually done better this yeah, year. Yeah, so, so, so the, that, that's the positive. Yeah. So the attendances were they're around twenty two, twenty three thousand at that time, mm. and, and it, I think a lot of a lot of fans had probably you know that that was a real demoralising time. Um, but you know, people came back. You know, when we got um, when we got. Uh, Keen in, think you know, yeah, and yeah. Quinny came in and took the club over. Fans came back. The lows, um, the lows, the lows come back. Yeah. They don't, they don't, they don't want to not come to the ground in the first place. It's just that yeah. when you have, when you have a run where you don't win at home for the you know, almost a year, that just knocks the, the stuffing yeah. out of people. When you have a, a nineteen point season or a fifteen point season, and there's very few fans across the country who have experienced anything like that. One, never mind two, in the space of three or four years, knocks the stuffing out of a club, knocks the stuffing out of a community. Um, so what those fans, and I've, some of the games, crikey me, I, how dreadful they've been. I mean, it, it isn't just a case that they're getting beat, it's just they're playing so badly in basics. It's just a horrible thing to have witnessed if you're a Sunderland fan for a long time. And I can't blame them at all for not coming, and I can't blame them for the poisonous atmosphere, and I agree with Martin. It's up to the players to change that. I see lots of calls about other oh, fans have got to get behind them. Got behind them for years. They've got, to, they've got the, the players have got to offer something themselves, and they haven't done that. And when you try to change the atmosphere, I'd like to see that it won't happen for two reasons. It won't happen because the club will be thinking about the money side of things, and it won't happen because they'll be worried what the season ticket holders put. We'll see. But I think they should offer, I don't know, five to get in or a, you know, a, you know a stupid price to get in. Just say, just say, you know, it's a fiver to get in from now at the end of the season and, and kids for free or something stupid. I don't know what the, what the price and structure would be, but something as daft as that. Uh, and they won't do it, as I say, because they'll say, oh, we might lose money. Or they'll say, oh, well, what, about, what will season ticket holders say? They'll have paid a lot of money. I think season ticket holders will say, well, it's not ideal, but yeah. the more the merrier. I'll and tell you what, I'd rather have a season ticket watching us in the Championship than a season ticket watching us in League One next season. Um, and, and if, do you know what's bizarre? I literally, we've got a, a group chat for Wise Men's here where we you know, chuck ideas about things, various things, and obviously the, the protest stuff's been a hot topic, and we have discussed that, and... You know, without revealing too much, we have had an in-depth discussion about you know potentially what something. Oh, would go on, reveal like. too much. No, reveal no, too no, much. No, I won't. I won't <laughs> at this stage. Um, but I did say because we, we were kind of talking about what we could do there, because we, you know, the kind of discussion was if if we could generate some sort of positive demonstration that would lead into the stadium, which would 
in turn lift the atmosphere. Um, but the logistical side of that is is, is difficult. Yeah, well, but we won't go into that now. But I, I think I think off the pitch, I did, I did suggest actually. But we want to lift the atmosphere. And I said, what if we got in touch with the club and said, for a, pick a game like yeah. or even two games where you do like Sheffield Preston or the other way around yeah. and say it's a tenner and you get the ticket for each game yeah. I think off the, pitch, I mean? off, off the pitch give two or three stupidly cheap games and yeah. get fans in and change the atmosphere make it a party match but do and something then, around and then it. on the pitch on the pitch I think that uh, managers got to make a decision obviously but I'd like to see them I can understand why they, they play negative tactics and so strong defensively because they've got no faith in the defence uh, but you've got say four or five people in defence and two or three defensive midfielders and then one up front I'd like to see them. Th- I'd like to see them say, "Well, we have got a bit of a crap defence, but let's attack as well. Let's give. Yeah. Let, let, you know, maybe, maybe the best form of defence is attacking and, and try and play positive attacking football. Because I think we have got a few players who can attack. Play more of a positive attacking football. And if you are going to go down, at least go down trying to score goals mm-hmm. rather than trying to edge a draw here and hang on and nick a I've goal. I've said that again. the wins we've had have all been by a, a goal, haven't they? Yeah. Apart from the Burton you've got to attack game. and you've got to and, you, and you've got to attack and you've got to have efforts on target. And how many times have you seen where? For spaces of half an hour, a half, or even a game, someone have barely managed a shot on target. And again, that goes back to who wants to watch that? I mean, the keep. I mean, both keepers at the Ipswich game were anonymous. I mean, they were completely underworked. Um, I mean, they had, they scored. They were they had two shots in the first half, and they were two 0 up, and one of them hit the post. Yeah, so. Well, Mick McCarthy will be happy about that as a visiting manager. Yeah. He'll be thinking of keeping them quiet. Doesn't really, yeah. he'll, he'll, he'll just settle for an away point out to be. But for the home team, you've got to be more expansive than that. You've got to be going forward more. So just, I mean, we're, we're yeah. obviously playing at Ashton Gate. Yes, at the weekend, obviously mm-hmm. play that. Well, they're, they're having know. a, they're having a, a bit, yeah, yeah, I'd, a bit I'd, different I'd to nearly, when you played there. I had nearly four years there. It's a fantastic club. Uh, obviously, they've had a really good season. We're starting to waver a bit, aren't they? Because they've had a fantastic run in both cups. Uh, they're a good team, but but they're very similar to the, they've been trying and trying and trying to get into the Premiership over many many years. Invested a lot of money over the last three or four years. New stadium, in that they've started to build it up. Uh, fantastic atmosphere. I, I just see it's a, it's a real, real tough game on Saturday, and I mean a real tough game. And I'd be absolutely delighted if we came away with a draw on Saturday. Bristol yeah, certainly be thinking, you know, like a lot of teams who faced who faced Sunderland in the last recent few seasons. Bristol certainly mm. be thinking we've had a poor run, we've slipped down again, but these are coming here now. Win this one, we'll put ourselves right back on track again. Do you not think? It'll work in Sunderland's favour playing away from home the way things are at the moment, even though it's a tough game. Uh, it's, I know it's sad to say. It's it sad is, to say it considering sad. when it you played, sad. it was it the, the, the cliche yeah. fortress. Um, when 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 we played there, I mean, we got beat actually off Barnsley game. You scored in, I remember. Mm. I think yeah, yeah. we that was the first time we lost in about twenty twenty three games or something mm. um, that season. It was in December, I think. Uh, yeah, you say, I, I know what you're saying, but uh, I just think going to going to Ashton Gate. On the Saturday, uh, I just think it's a real, real tough one. And, and, and at the end of the day, right, a manager is only as good as what his players are. And, and, and I don't think it's a coincidence that the last four or five managers at, 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 at Sunderland have struggled. And, and, and hello, it didn't take much working out. The players that have been brought in are just not good enough. Do you, and, think, and do you not think if Coleman had the squad that Grayson had to work with at the start of the season and then a little bit in it was rain where what more came back? That Coleman would have done a bit more with that group than, than I, think if, I think if Coleman had been appointed over the summer, yeah. it was, it was all hypotheticals that never happened. But had you had a name manager like that, 
it might have persuaded yeah. one or two of them because uh, Simon Grayson it, it felt almost like an unambitious yeah. you know championship manager for a championship club and you'll, you know if you, if they'd appointed a bigger name like that maybe one or two of the waverers would have have, have, have stayed and maybe helped the club out but that's all hypotheticals we are as we, we are where we are as Bruce used to say <coughs> well I think um, it is what it is that's what uh, exactly what Chris Coleman has been saying we are where we are it is what it is you know um, it's it's just, it is sad and frustrating and you just hope that they can do something on Saturday to give people a little bit of belief after a really bad result at Birmingham you know a team who'd scored 8 goals at home all season paced us well, I tell you something it will, it will yeah. get better it will get better for well, Sunderland there's no doubt about that well, that's it, it will Chris get Cormac better for Sunderland said he promises it'll get better it will get better for Sunderland and they'll improve and they'll come good again it's just a question of when you know what I mean I mean, it, it might take 10-15 years it might take 2 or 3 it might, 10, happen next, it might happen next season <laughs> can't do it might, this for 10, might happen over the next few weeks but let's, not, let's not lose it sight will, it, like, let, let's not lose yeah. sight of that Sunderland will come good again the good times will come again it's too big a club and things will change at some point it's just the now we've got to worry about you know the, the the funny thing is as well the championship it is you know the, the cliche it's a tough league all that and it is but there's not loads between the teams yeah. there's not and you've seen plenty plenty of teams come to Sunderland and think how are they how are they in the top three yeah, yeah. and mm. you know I'd, inc- I'd include Cardiff even though they beat us twice and one, one of them was comfortable I think how on earth can they be in the yeah. top three I mean they were big and powerful, weren't they? Yeah. Let's be honest. The big, the powerful. Warnock's so much experience at, at that level, and his, his, I think it's eight or nine promotions he's had in his career, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and if you actually look back at his career, he goes for the similar sort of player. Okay, the big, strong, powerful guys at the back. Okay, power right through his team. Big, strong strikers, and in the games where you do struggle to create anything, you might get a, a lucky corner or a free kick a glancing header uh, and that's how you, you scrape your sort of three points or when you're not playing well uh, Sullen have to play really well to win a game they have to play well yeah. and, and, and no that's... we never we we never we give goals away we never well we rarely get them gifted on a plate to us mm. you know we've got to do absolutely everything in our power to make something happen whereas other teams just come and we're you know too easy to play against soft touch all the all the things that have been said this season, but yeah. I feel we've got to wrap it up now. And I feel. Do you feel better? I don't feel better. <laughs> no, I actually, I actually, uh, I actually feel I like worse. It's been like a therapy session. I for felt him. great until I come here tonight. Yeah, I actually feel worse. <laughs> He's other so, foot hurting now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I might yeah. break my ankle just to take the pain away. <laughs> Concentrate on something else. But anyway, we'll be back um, on Monday. Yeah, what day is it? Is it Thursday? Thursday. To me. All day. I had Monday off, you see, you've got, and that, you've that's got, it. You've got problems, yeah. haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell down. you what, you've, you've <laughs> only been here for 40 minutes and you've worked that out. Lie so down in a darkened room, just yeah, switch yeah. the light off on yeah. your way out. Do you know what it is? It's just, uh, you it's know. It's good to talk. Yeah, <laughs> You yeah. know that. I'll tell you what, we do this twice a week, and, you know, I don't I don't know what I'd do if we didn't do this. We'd probably. Um, you don't even think about it. I don't want to think about it. But anyway. Hey, hey, let's, let's, let's wind it up. We've got a good manager in place. Yeah. We know that, and got good staff around him, okay? Uh, we've got some great young players coming through. Okay, they've worked really hard. Okay, we're asking a lot of them. We know that. Okay, but like I say, as a club, as supporters, for 16 games, whatever it takes, let's think outside the box a bit from a club point of view. Let's get behind them and let's 
let's push and let's scrap and let's fight and try and get them points that's going to keep us up this season and I think that's we've got to do that if it doesn't happen then we obviously regroup and we go again next season well, there you go I think that's a great place to finish would you agree? I completely agree there you go thanks for listening Wise Men Say Sun FM Preview Show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker All Things Sunderland